Say it with me now. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's a verse we all know and love. So if God loves everyone, does that mean everyone is saved? This is Consider It, where we're considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in Brownfield, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Consider It. Um, as always, let's start with the question. Today we have a nice, simple, short question. That's right. Uh, it's The question that was submitted today is, does God love everybody? Question mark. Question mark, yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe I spoke too soon. It, it is a short question, but That's right. not necessarily uh, a simple question. That's right. And I think first, you know, as we start off, we, we want to thank the, the user that submitted this uh, really, really profound question, right? That that we don't want to take this kind of question lightly because we're talking about the heart of God, right? You know, and we are two guys that are finite in His creation, and we don't presume to know the mind of God. But what we do know is that He has, in His grace, given us the Word, right, and given us a glimpse and an insight into who God, who He is, right? Who right. God is, and what his heart is so you know today we we humbly try to as faithfully to what scripture says try to unpack that question right 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 we wouldn't presume upon the mind of god but we also can take courage and be confident in the scriptures that god has given us that reveal his mind yeah his consistent faithful mind and heart and that's that is actually one of the uh Really, things that we rest in is that God isn't just fickle, and yeah. He's not changing His mind all the time. He's not, uh, you know, His heart is not uh, changing all the time. And one day He loves certain things, and the next things He doesn't. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in Hebrews uh, that He is He is faithful and steadfast. He is right and true. And so, uh, the how he has revealed himself in his kindness to us, in his grace, as you said, and in his wisdom, he's given us the scripture. So we can glean from that and speak confidently and authoritatively from the scriptures, right? But not in our own opinions. And mm-hmm. so, to take a, a short but profound question like this, there's only one place that we can attempt yeah. to go to, yeah. and that's the scriptures yeah. to try to answer this question does god love everyone yeah. you know because you hear this this is a pretty popular question in mm-hmm. our culture people ask you know or say well doesn't god love everyone yeah you know or, or the god loves all of his children right people and, and that's usually usually in the context of justifying some sort of sinful behavior right. lifestyle yeah right yeah and justifying sin or or in um in trying to diminish the 
harshness of hell. Yeah. You know, of trying to, you know, because we don't like thinking about judgment. We don't mm-hmm. like thinking about there being consequences yeah. for offending God. Right. And so, um, so we say that kind of stuff to be like, well, yeah. God, God loves everybody. God loves all of his children. And, yeah. And so we have to kind of untangle that. Right. Um, and wh- what do we mean? Because, I mean, I guess if we take that question, the simple answer to the simple question is, well, does God love everyone? Yes and, and no. no. Right, yeah. It and depends on your definition of the, love. Yeah, yeah and it, it's interesting. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I'd definitely point you to that because mm-hmm. it, it's it's similar in the vein of uh, the way to answer the question is really to understand what you're asking. Yeah. Right. Like the, the chosen versus called that was last week and today, you know, the love of God, which, you know, culturally we, we kind of misconstrued what that is. Right. And biblically, as we're going to, as we're going to see hopefully today is, is that there is a different, maybe for lack of a better word, forms of it. And, and I think that would help us understand how to answer this question and even understand what, what the question is, is asking. That's right. Um, That's right. But again, we have to be faithful to what the word says and submit our intellect, but even I think sometimes more importantly, our emotions, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Just because we don't like something or the implications of a particular truth yeah. doesn't uh, mean that it is untrue. Right. Because yeah, that puts us in the place of authority on yeah. when determining what is true or right. not. And no, we submit to the authority of what the word teaches. Absolutely. And I think a great place to start, you start. You said you you mentioned it up top, John 3, 16, right? Yep. And it, it's one that we know. It's one that if you've been around the church at all, right. if you watch uh, Tim Tebow's football run, like yep. we know... Yeah. We've been exposed to John three sixteen, right? right. That God uh, loved the world so much, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that He gave His Son, um, so that those that would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Right. So immediately we're answered. You know, the answer to the question based on this verse: Does God love everyone? Well, He yeah. clearly loves the entire world. Right? right. Right. He loves His creation. Yeah. He, you know, we, we talk about like humanity is made in the image of God, mm-hmm. you know, so even to kind of go back to like what I was saying before, like, well, doesn't God love all of his children? You know, we're all children of God. Well, yes and no, mm-hmm. depending upon what we mean by that, because we are created in the image of God, you know, we are his children, we are his image bearers. And so God has that kind of benevolent love for his creation. Yeah. Every human being that he creates, he has a particular benevolent love towards. Mm-hmm. The fact that we uh, experience sunshine and rain and the good things of this earth is an expression of God's love for his creation, right. for every single person, for the entire world uh, of his kindness and goodness and benevolence. Yeah. Another way to say that is God's common grace. Right. And uh, he he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah, that's, that's what was coming to mind. Yeah, he uh, he provides food for the evildoer and yeah. for the righteous one. Right. And and so yeah, God, does God love everyone? Sure, in a benevolent sort of way. Yeah, and you think of like how you know all of us to to some like, and I say all of us as in like humanity enjoys. Uh, there's like a, a common thing that we all share whether we're saved or not like we all experience happiness and joy to some capacity right we enjoy relationships with one another and fun and all these you know we enjoy like eating Mm -hmm. and having good drinks and stuff like that in a way that 
we all do as, as right. and we're enjoying God's creation and that's one way we can look that God has shown this grace right on like unconditionally to everybody that uh, regardless of our uh, faith in Christ we get to and really right. that's that's the privilege right we get to experience yeah. those things we get to even right. just be alive right yeah the fact that we are alive we breathe air we wake up in the morning is an expression that God loves us and he has kept us around on this earth. Right. You know? And he has a, a benevolent toward a, sort of affection for all of his creation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we as humans experience this kind of same dynamic, you know. Um, maybe there are some that are, you know, just especially wicked or whatnot, <laughs> but I think just kind of generally speaking, you and I, you know, we could say we love people. Yeah. You know, we just love being around people. We don't have to necessarily know them in depth, but... You know, just because they're a human being, we can, we have some sort of general affection for them just as another person. Yeah. Especially if we were to see them hurting or things, Mm -hmm. there would be feelings of pity or mercy as, you know, if we were to come upon them while they were in a moment of need or, you know, if we're experiencing something fun at a show or something, we may not know the person sitting next to us, but we love them in a sense because they love the same things that we love yeah, and are at yeah, the same sure. show or mm-hmm. doing something like that. And so there's a sense of that. Now it's, it, uh, I don't want to go too far to say that that's the way that God loves the whole world, but yeah. you know, it's just that we, we experience a little bit of this same dynamic of love for just people in general yeah, of others. And so God does have that kind of benevolent uh, love for all people. Yeah. And so maybe that's the nature of the question. We don't know. It's just that's right. what we have. There's no context, no other follow-up. Um, maybe it is just yeah. that. I have a feeling, I don't know who submitted it, but I have a feeling that they probably are meaning something different. Though. Yeah, and, and we can, right, and diving even in more in depth into it, we can we can explore that. But I like how you were you were kind of building up this idea of God's benevolent love, right? And I yeah. think a helpful way to think about it is starting with the depravity of man, hmm. right? And yeah. so understanding that, there's a penalty for sin, right? And yeah. because every human that is born is born with that debt on their account, uh, we deserve uh, the wages of sin, right? Yeah. Which is death. Yeah. And every moment that God is withholding that wrath, yeah. you know, that judgment that he could rightfully and justfully like carry out on us, yeah. we can we look at that and we should see that as God's grace and yeah. his benevolent love towards everyone that right. that all of humanity like if the world was wiped out right now god would be right yeah he would be right in his in his uh he would be just he would still be just right he would be very just in doing that right but he doesn't yeah. he, he is graceful and he shows mercy towards us uh and i think that's benevolence to everybody right everybody that we gets to experience that because we get to right. even experience right being alive but right. now Life you know, is life is an expression of God's love for yeah, us absolutely. when we deserve death. Exactly. And so, you know, like you're saying, diving into the question, does God love everybody in the sense that everyone he loves, he saves, right. you know, this, this salvation that is eternal life and in paradise with him or we will yeah. worship him forever. Um, well, then I think we have to answer the question differently, right? right? And we have to think about some other implications of that. Right. Because if we say, 
well, God loves everybody in, in this, this saving kind of way. Right. Well, then the implication is that everyone is saved. Right. But we know that that is not true. Right. That's not true. And even, even if you just look at John three sixteen, you know, sure, God loves the whole world, but there is that, but whoever believes in him will have eternal life. So we can't just right. make that jump to say like, well, God loves everybody, you know, so therefore God will save everybody because he loves everybody. Right. No, no, no. It's, Even it's John 3, 16 yeah. doesn't allow for that is that we come to this. Well, no, whoever believes in him has the eternal life or is saved. And so that's where you have to look at the rest of the context in John 3 about, well, who then does believe in him? And that's on, you know, the verses prior to that as Jesus is teaching Nicodemus, it's on whoever the spirit deems, right. you know, whoever right. whoever the spirit blows and, uh, and is born again, and that uh, originates in uh, God. And so uh, you were uh, saying it there, but so as we look at these ideas of love, mm-hmm. you know, we in America, we kind of, you know, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, we just lump it all in together and we use yeah. love to mean a variety of different things. And the scripture has multiple words for that. Yeah. And all that are multiple concepts for. And so we've been talking about God's benevolent love, his, his, his common grace towards all people. But then there's also this other idea that we could that you know falls under this banner of love and i think is really what the question is is aiming at of his salvific love yeah for sure his saving love mm-hmm. or we might say his electing grace right so on one side we have his benevolent love or common grace and on the other side we have his salvific love mm-hmm. or his electing grace right and so this is the other side when we said well does god love everyone well yes yeah and no right. because then you get to passages like in Romans 9 where he's talking about his electing love, and he says, well, Jacob I loved, yeah, but Esau I hated. hated. Yeah. And there and that, we, you know, yeah, that answers the question. Well, no, obviously no, not. Right. He, he loves one. There's one guy. At least him. Right. Yeah. Out of all the, you know, billions of people that have been created, well, there's one. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that Esau didn't experience God's benevolent love, his common grace in his existence. You know, so... So if we're talking about his saving, then then there you, you know, there you have it. Then we have to say, well, no, he right. does not set his saving or electing love or grace on every single person. Right. Um, you know, really, the concept of love is what is wrapped up in his choice, in election, mm-hmm. in predestination. Right. Those whom God chose to set his love upon, yeah. not because of anything that we've done. This is, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10 there. Not because of anything that we've done so that no one can boast. Right. But just as, well, Ephesians 2, 4 says, because of him being rich in mercy. Yeah, just to glorify Being himself. love, he loved us. Why right. did God love anybody? Because he loved us. Yeah. Not because of anything that we'd done or because we loved him first yeah. or um, he knew how great we were. Just, yeah, and that's that, that for, like he foreknew, right? Before the foundations of the earth, he loved us. And yep. and in that case, we're seeing this is not the the common grace, benevolent kind of love. This is the the electing, the sovereignty of God, love, yep. calling 
people to himself even before the foundation of the world. Right. Yeah. Right. This is what you have. I mean, this is back in Romans 8. We just were talking about Romans 9, but these, you know, Paul's saying here, for those whom he, this is God, for those whom he foreknew, he also pre- predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Yeah. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Right, right, Romans right. 8, 29 and 30. And so this concept of foreknowing somebody mm-hmm. is this idea of foreloving yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible uses that. It's a euphemism to know somebody yeah. is a euphemism or a figure of speech for loving somebody mm-hmm. prior to, you know, anything that they've done. God yeah. foreknew Israel and Abraham, not because Abraham was some great guy. Right. But he foreknew him. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved him. He set his special electing love on this man, and uh, and he does that for every believer, right? Whom, uh, whom he chooses to have mercy on. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think we've we've so far kind of been able to to break down the question and and see what it's asking and kind of Mm -hmm. the two aspects of it we see that there's really this benevolence this benevolent love that god shows to us and then there's this salvific love that he shows uh um uniquely right and and exclusively uh now i guess some practical questions that might arise and you know maybe let's just tackle a few of them i think a normal question is well like the well why does he only show this salvific kind of love Right. You know, exclusively, right. not, yeah. you know, un, like not uh, unilaterally to everyone. Right. And I think, again, like last week. Right. Go back to we last go back week to and last listen week to this last say, podcast. God is is God, right? Who yeah. are you, oh man, to to ask right. the, the... The potter. The potter. That's what I was thinking of. The potter, like, you know, does the clay turn back to the potter and ask, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Well, of course not, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, we don't do that, and so that's mm-hmm. a good. That's that's just a good point. We we always want to say, well, that's not fair. That's not yeah. fair. And it's like, well, we don't that. That's not our position in life and in this created order to be able to question. Yeah. At this point, we are the benefactors of His love. We are yeah. the recipients of it, and that's all we can say about it. So why does he do it? Well, we don't know. That's that's mm-hmm. not for us. That God determines that. Yeah. And we know that he acts for his glory. Right. We know that he acts within his sovereign wisdom, and we know that he acts uh, uh, always good, always right, always true, and uh, uh, and in the best way possible. Right. And so these these are things that we believe about God, so we can't, we can't do that. Why, why does he do that? Well, we don't know. Um, yeah. And so... But that again, like we said last week, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't share the love of God. Right. That means that we that that does not squelch our affection for the Lord, exactly. nor our motivation for evangelism. Nor should we hide from two things: one of confronting people with their sins, saying, "Hey, our sin separates us." Yeah. And also, that shouldn't make us hide the love of God towards people. But mm-hmm. there is a loving God that loves. You and can love you in a special way. You've experienced the benevolent love of God, the common yeah. grace of God that everybody has seen. And so let me tell you about this special love of God, the forgiveness yeah. that he offers, the mercy that he offers to all who would call upon him. Yep. And so if God is leading you that way, if there's any inkling in you 
to respond to him in repentance and faith. Yeah. Do it and right. experience right. this electing grace of God that is uh, beyond what we can really even uh, comprehend. Right. You know, it's beyond uh, everything Ephesians 3 talks about, you know. And so it, uh, it really should motivate us then yes. to compel people. Yes. And those that God has awakened, those upon whom the Spirit is blowing, We'll respond to that. We'll see right, it. Right. And others will reject it. Right. And, and the hardness of their heart, the depravity, uh, you know, the deception of their pra- depravity will reject it. And God is just to let them go their way. Right. And to face the consequences of, of their, their own sin. sin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like all these, these wonderful truths about God, while at at first look at first glance maybe are counterintuitive to our own human emotion really these should drive us to worship god and to and to realize how good he really is how merciful yeah. uh, and graceful he is towards us that he would he would love us right yeah. and like you're saying again that motivation to to share that call to to just to share that gospel call to anyone that we might come across and say hey god has this saving love you know if you would just believe in him right yeah right right and so that doesn't diminish any of our evangelistic mm-hmm. efforts nope. that doesn't diminish any of these things we're what we're talking about is you know a really a realm that we aren't involved in and yet god providentially has given us insight into right so we see this in the scripture and so okay we can take that we can know we can love it and understand its effect that it's had on us who are saved and uh, trust that he is working out those things behind the scenes to those that are yet unsaved yeah and uh and 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 who will hopefully one day be saved right and so this gives us great uh actually relief in our evangelism because Mm. we're not having to like strong arm people on us we're not having to like coerce people mm-hmm. or beat it in their head to understand the love of God to, you know, where they become reluctant converts, not actually because they want to be saved, but actually probably because they just want you to back off. <laughs> right, you know? right. I, I'm just going to say this so this guy won't, you know, will stop bringing it up to me, yeah. you know. And, uh, and then it eases our conscience because, okay, now we, you know, they're saved yeah. and, and, okay, I can move on to the next person. And when a matter of fact, maybe they aren't i mean i don't want yeah. to say that's what the case in everything but um but they're actually not converted and not being discipled and not growing and maturing in the faith right so yeah and i think i think the you know another counter argument to the point you know i think sometimes the idea that you know if god has four loved people he has you know from before the foundations of the w- world has chosen to to call and love certain people you know there's a natural, well, then why is evangelism important, right? Why right. is it important to share the gospel? I think the Apostle Paul is a great example of of a good counter-argument. That is, the more that the Apostle Paul understood the grace of God to save a yeah. wretched man like him, you know, yeah. he said to live is Christ, to die is gain. And he really doesn't know, he says he doesn't know which one is more important because he, he loves and the idea of being with Christ, but he understands that his job here is to share that love, right? right? He's saying, like, I care about people so much right. to share the love that God has shown to me, right? right? And that's really should be our response to understanding the love, this salvific love that's unique, that right. God shows uniquely to certain people. Right. Our response should be like, man, how much 
the more we understand it, share that to other people who don't maybe that's right. understand it. That's right. Yeah, no, that's a great passage. You're referring to Philippians one. Yeah. And that's a that's that that is the dynamic in which we live. Yeah. And and it is so true. You know, God uses means for saving people. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing that we diminish and we automatically go to this like fatalistic understanding. Yeah, well God yeah, doesn't yeah. need us, it's already predetermined, like what do we have to do? You know? Yeah. And no no. We also like God uses people. Right. He's he may have their number called, yeah. but he has also put you in their life strategically to yeah. be the person who introduces them to Christ yeah. and are his mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, how will they hear if nobody goes and tells yeah. them the message? Yeah, you'll yeah. say it in Romans 10. Mm-hmm. And so that's our place. That's what we do. That's our role is if we've truly, genuinely be ch- been changed by the love yeah. and grace of Christ— then that will genuinely motivate us to share the love and grace of Christ with other people. Right. And if it does not motivate us, if we have this kind of fatalistic understanding of it, like you've talked about, you know, then, uh, then, you know, we could maybe make the case that maybe you don't really truly genuinely understand the love and grace of God because it's not motivating you to do that. Um, and so that's a, you know, God loves people. And, you know, here's a way of his benevolent, uh, an expression, I guess I would say, of his benevolent love of why he loves other people is because he has put you in their life. Right. God loves that person enough that he put you, whom he's shared his salvific love with, yeah. into that person's life to love them well. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and you just might be the means, the mouthpiece to share his saving love with them not only to be an expression of his benevolent love for you to love and care and be devoted to good works towards this person. Right. Right. A, a really interesting analogy is, is God is, is the perfect conductor, mm. right? And in a symphony where we get to be a part of it, we get to be instruments in that symphony carrying out that music, but, yeah. but he's the perfect conductor orchestrating it all perfectly that's right. uh, to the end. And yeah, like how, again, that's another just humbling fact that we get to be a part of that right. orchestra, right? Right. And how much more, uh, how much more excited should we be to yeah. be in that orchestra and to be playing that's our right. part faithfully, that's right? right? Uh, pursuing Christ and, and sharing that love to others. That's right. Yeah. Well, here's the question I really want to know. If you were playing an instrument, if you could play any <laughs> instrument in the orchestra of the God, orchestra? what should you play? Um, well... Assuming all things, you know, if if I'm assuming since this is the orchestra of God, like everything's working out uh, divinely, so probably the double bass. The double bass. The double bass. Okay. Yeah. Because my uh, my stature would not be my limitation. Yeah. That's I'd be true. able to do it. That'd probably not in a, real life. That's right. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. I might play like the piccolo or something. Piccolo would yeah. be cool. Just that little like flute, yeah, little tiny thing. little flute. Yeah. I'm, although my big long fingers may not be able to actually like <laughs> hold yeah. that little thing. Yeah. You wouldn't want me on like the trumpet or sax because no. I'd just be blast in these yeah. obnoxious notes so right no that's good that's good and that is a great illustration to think yeah. about how god is the conductor yeah. in the orchestra and that's mm-hmm. the words that bible uses his he is the orchestrator he's the right. director yeah you know that's another great thought as we think of like somebody who directs an organization you know god is the great director mm-hmm. and i was actually thinking about this um this wasn't planned this is part of god's orchestration but uh Paul closes his uh, second letter to the Thessalonians with this kind of prayer for them when he says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Hmm. 
And there's all the things that we've just been talking yeah. about. Yeah, May yeah, for God sure. direct. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we need to pray that when we're not feeling the love of God, the specific yep. love of God towards us. You know, when we want to give up, when we're ready to quit, throw in the towel, when things are hard. Like, here's our prayer. God, would you direct? Yeah. Would you sovereignly orchestrate, you know, conduct my heart, my thoughts to your love and the steadfastness of Christ? Mm. Yeah. And may that warm my heart and give me the endurance that I need to press on. Yeah. Not something that I'm going to conjure up in myself. You know, so, oh, I need more patience. I need, I just need to be more loving. I need, to, yeah. you know, and it's like, uh, we're, we're saying these things like we're, we have to exert it in our right. own power. Yeah, like we're going to, we're going to muster up some sort yeah. of strength. Right. And they're like, we're not inactive in these things. We're not just passive mm. in it. Yet I love Paul's prayer. May yeah. God direct your hearts to the love of God. Yep. God, do this work in my life. God, w- turn my affections towards your love yeah. and Christ's steadfastness that I yeah. might keep on in the face of temptation, in the face of trial, in the face of suffering, in the, you know, just the long days of, of life. These are the things that motivate us and keep us going on. That of all people, God loves me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? That Christ went through the same things that I went through. You know, and uh, he loved me enough to come and die for his glory and my good. Those are mind blowing thoughts. Yeah. You know, that those are things that our hearts have to wrestle with. Right. That's why it's beyond the heights and depths and, you know, widths of our understanding. Yeah. To think about and to truly experience the love of God and the steadfastness of yeah, Christ sure. towards I, us. And I think, you know, uh, similarly to like last week, what we talked about, you know, these these themes are really intertwined. But, you know, you can ask, am I chosen? Did God choose me? Did God, does God love me like that salvifically, right? In the saving kind of way. And I think the answer to both of them is, well, he can, you know what I mean? He's ready to, if you would just, you know, like John 3.16 says, if you would believe in Christ, if you would put your faith in Christ, you can, you can be assured that he has this love for you right right and so again i think it's a it, it's a grace that you were if you were that person asking that question right. i think that's a really good indication that the spirit may be moving right. um but that 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 would that you would be pricked in your heart to say god had do you love me right yeah um put your faith in christ put yeah. your faith in christ and and god has that yes. saving love right. for you yeah right. Amen. for sure right you know and and that's where you know again i think another great discussion for another podcast but like this idea that i think sometimes people get towards the god's election and sovereignty Mm -hmm. and like omnipotence in salvation yeah that does not uh negate our you know our volition and our ability to respond and to and to say god i i put my faith in you christ right Right. that those don't uh those don't counteract each other. Right now, right. I can't honestly tell you how they make sense or they reconcile. Right. But the right. truth is of Scripture is that it says, "Put your faith in Christ, and you will be saved." Yeah. And God is saving those who He has called. Right. You know. Right. That's all. Right. That's all I know what to say. Right. They're not contradictory. Yeah. They are not. They. They may exist in a you know a supposed tension in right. our mind. Right. Absolutely. But lots of things operate that right. way in life, and and that's good. Yeah. That's not a 
bad thing. Right, right, right. You know, um, you need some tension in your engine, you know, for the various parts to work. You know? Yeah. An old tension belt that keeps yeah. them all running. For sure. Uh, they're doing their independent things. Yeah. But not actually independent because they're interdependent upon each other. Yeah. But God is the spark behind it and the originator uh, in our salvation. And yeah. so, um, yeah. But this is, these are, you know, supposed things that maybe uh, are confusing, but the more we study the scripture, the more we begin to love them and they begin to make sense in, in our minds. And yeah. so that's what we do. We cast ourselves on Christ mm-hmm. and our understanding of the scripture. And that's where we find these things coming together. So, yeah. This is, <laughs> this has been one of our analogy podcasts, apparently. That's right. But, um, but yeah, does God love everyone? Well, yes and no, right? And no. So, yeah. That's right. But if you're asking the question today, you can know this uh, without a doubt. You are loved. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support in listening, and we hope you'll join us next week as we consider it.